and we are down to one as the Diamondbacks close in on a potential wild card berth with three games to go. With a series win over the Chicago White Sox, the Diamondbacks' magic number for clinching a postseason spot has dropped to one, and they got three games left against Houston. Hello, everyone. I am Michael McDermott. I'm joined by everyone's favorite co-host, Wes Byer. How are you and in tonight, t- Michael? And in today's episode of the Snakes on the Diamond podcast, we're going to talk about uh, all the fun postseason stuff. We're going to talk about the Houston series closing in on that wildcard spot. Who presents the better matchup for the Diamondbacks in the wildcard round series? And we're going to do some, um, we're also going to talk about the Diamondbacks double A affiliate, the Amarillo Slab Poodles, winning a Texas League championship. All on today's episode of Ooh. Snakes on the Diamond. It's exciting to see uh, Texas win their second. Uh or Amarillo win their second Texas League championship. Got to say congratulations to them if they ever, anyone from the team or, you know, player sees this. Pretty cool. Most important thing is postseason baseball at the big league. So as mentioned earlier, the Diamondbacks took two or three against the Chicago White Sox to conclude the road trip three and three, which is a little bit disappointing. But because of some help from the Atlanta Braves, the Diamondbacks magic number still dropped to one. They have a chance to clinch a postseason spot with a win. Zach Gallen takes the mound for game one against Houston. Is tomorrow, or I should say later today, the game that everyone should go to. Because it might be a chance to clinch. Yeah, that's, uh, I would hope people show up at Chase Field. I mean, like, it's going to be. Like it was pretty exciting last time. Like when I went, uh, there's probably like the the most packed I've been in, like in the stadium. Uh, a lot of pretty much everything, but the, the upper deck seemed like there was you know people in seats. So like a little more support, especially you know uh, having the team make the postseason for the first time since uh, was it 2017. As far as I'm concerned, uh, this team hasn't made the postseason in like well over a decade and done anything. So uh, now's your chance to show up and hopefully see some exciting wild card baseball and the team clinch and jump in the pool and spray champagne in the locker room. It's uh, exciting time to be an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. Uh, I'm a little disappointed at the the game today. Uh, first real chance to sit yeah. down and actually watch watch any of the games in the Chicago series and of course they they lose. And our friend, uh, mutual friend, witnessed the uh, team lose in person. So he said it only cost him a buck, though. Yeah. That's the one bright side, I guess, when you get a tropical storm wreaking havoc. But uh, Yeah, it's uh, kind of uh, this weather is definitely affecting baseball right now. Uh, as of this recording, we have no idea what's happening in this, this Marlin series with the Mets. Uh, that's in flux. All we know is MLB is going to get this game off. It's going to happen tonight. We don't know when the final out will be recorded, probably after this podcast episode is recorded, but I'm not so invested in the outcome of the Marlins because yeah. who's going to keep them out of the playoffs? Pirates? Yeah. Did, I mean, the, the Pittsburgh's Marlins... been playing some good ball of late, but Marlins have the tiebreaker of the Cubs. 
I, I'm invested in the Marlins, Michael, because they have that Marlins wild card playoff magic, and I don't want to see the Marlins in the playoffs. They're they oh, yeah, have that, is... that like they just it's just one of those things. I you side you side eye it. Sorry about that. You, you side eye it when the the Marlins make the wild card because the only other two times that they've made the wild card, they've won the World Series. Twenty twenty would like so, to have a World That's easy. Oh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. 2020 doesn't count. Dodgers didn't win the World Series. Nothing happened that year. Just pretend it didn't happen. Okay. 60 games, it does not a season make. Yeah. That's pretty so, much the only time the Marlins have made a postseason. And for those that aren't watching the video, I'm doing air quotes here. Postseason. Yeah. That's the only time they haven't won a World Series. But I don't think the Marlins are necessarily. As dangerous sure, as the 2003 or the 1997. I mean, they don't have Miguel Cabrera, Josh Beckett going nuclear. Yeah, this it is not nearly as strong of a a Marlins team as, you know, they're not really as much of a threat. I just more more of a joke there. But uh, you know, it's they they I mean, if a team is, you know, young and there is some potential there, I just I either definitely don't have like uh the Kind of like, like who was on that? They don't. They, got they, some don't pretty good Craig, they don't have Craig Council. Okay, that's the key to or you know '97 baseball uh, wild card success. That's actually my first baseball uh, memory is uh, Craig Council hitting that. Uh, I think it was a double in the the Marlins series. I thought it was the. Well, I thought it was a walk and he scored, but I could be wrong. No walk the, the point or is he, he tied yeah. the he scored the game tying run and then he hit the game. Game winning sack play or something like that. Something like that. And then, you know, next thing you know, I see him in the Royal Series and I'm like, oh, hey, it's Craig Council. How could you forget Craig Council with that funky batting stats? Uh, yeah, Council won a World Series here, so we love Yeah, you gotta love Craig Council. uh, His Brewers, I think, are a little more scary than the Marlins. Uh, I'd rather, I don't know why. They actually don't play the Marlins. And, DeMar- and as an example, since D-backs and the Marlins are, are going to be the 5 and 6 seed, most likely, just the question of order, you're not going to see until the championship series. And if the D-backs make it that far, I don't even care. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really we're, care at we're that in, point. We're, we're, we've got the icing, we've served the cake, and there's more cake. Icing. Kind of. It's like having a second wedding cake. If you get yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we're even talking about uh, the Diamondbacks most likely making the postseason, and there's three games left. Is uh, just kind of astounding to me, dude. Yep. And in order for them to get there, they can either win tomorrow to eliminate both the Cubs and the Reds, or at least eliminate them in their perspective. Or either team loses, which would make it a little bit easier, give them a margin for error. Especially since both the Cubs and the Reds have intra-division series against. The Brewers and the Cardinals. Interdivision series are hard to sweep. And this is why we feel good about the Diamondbacks playoff chances. They haven't clinched yet, but the odds of them clinching are very high. Even without an extra be, win. It would be a very unlikely at this point. It would take a combination of the Diamondbacks being like this and like swept by the Astros and then uh, the the Marlins. Winning the rest of their games, the Cubs winning the rest of their games, or uh, or you know something like that. Cincinnati winning the rest of their games is not going to happen. Um, it's it's hard to 
I mean, it's going to take it would take a four game losing streak for them to not make the postseason. I mean, it'd be fortunate. I I don't foresee that happening. It would be unlikely, like you said. So you could no, but you don't want to count you know your chickens before they hatch, as the saying goes. There's plenty of ways for the D-backs to get that magic number from one to zero. You just don't tempt baseball, the ba- the baseball gods, with you know any kind of idea that there are assurances that your team's going to win because your team will lose if you think that that's going to that that's the way it is. I mean, uh, it's just kind of the way that works. Unless you're very rarely are there players that transcend the the baseball gods, in my opinion. Yeah, isn't. All those players are already on teams that have made it. Yeah. And speaking of uh, transcending, make sure to leave a like on the podcast. Uh, Subscribe and comment down below which night you think the Diamondbacks are going to clinch. Is it going to be tonight, Friday night, with Zach Gallon on the mound? Tomorrow with Merrill Kelly on the mound? Or Sunday with Johnny Holstaff? So moving into that Houston series, that AL West race is a complete cluster, cluster bunk. Yeah, it's uh, I've never. I mean, the real thing that that complicates it is the Rays have been so good, uh, along with the Orioles being so good that like they're they they automatically wild card has been like I mean there's I think they're like ten games up over the the second and uh, third wild card card spots. So I mean. When you combine that with the Astros being uh, not as they're good nine as the games Rangers, up on Toronto, really. who's one game yeah. up on? Yeah, so that's that's uh, when when one of the wild card spots is already like really accounted for, and then you have uh, your your interdivisional rival rivals of the Rangers being a much improved team. They've pretty much been the the outcome where the Rangers stayed mostly healthy. Uh, it's kind of gone like we expected. They're a really good team. Uh, Seattle is kind of in a similar position as Arizona, up and coming. Uh, right in the no. same position as the, the Astros. We're both in second second place in our division, fighting for a wild card spot. If you look at Seattle, I was going to say Seattle is more like in the same position that the uh, Marlins are in. But unfortunately for Seattle, there is no there is only one spot up for grabs, more so than two. But if you look at that AL. Uh, wild card standing Toronto does not have the tiebreaker over Seattle due to Seattle having a better interdivision record. That's your second tiebreaker. Yeah. So Seattle having a really good interdivision record. Basically, they curb they curb stomped everyone except Texas. Yeah. Uh, just the the point of comparison I'm making. Toronto's magic the, number the Rangers, to clinch a playoff spot is two. Have a much higher salary. The Astros have a much higher salary than than the Mariners do. It's like pretty much similar comparison between Arizona in terms of payroll, you know what I'm saying, versus, you know, you know, our division, our divisional, you know, rivals, the the Dodgers or we have three of them. He they have two. Uh, I don't know if you count the Angels anymore as a team that, you know, really, you know, in that mix for that. But uh it's a if they're gonna be they're gonna be like the the Astros are going to be playing all out like they're fighting just as much as we are. Like yeah, it's if you look gonna at, be a tough series. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough series, but the D-backs have a bit much bigger margin of error than Houston does. Of course, uh, Seattle's playing a team that they have been destroyed by this weekend. They're playing the Texas Rangers. By the time of this recording, are actually playing, but uh, 
I believe so down two, it, two to one. It yeah, Texas up two seven. to one. So if you look yeah. at uh, pay, yeah, looking at payrolls, Seattle's payrolls at one hundred thirty-seven thousand for opening day. They don't have we don't have the year end number, but their luxury tax number is one hundred and eighty-one point four. 181.5 million, which ranks 17. Yeah. This is on POTS, football contract, because you go to source for payroll stuff. If you look at that, then we compare. We're going to only compare rankings. So as, as soon as I can find the Texas Rangers logo on this thing. The Rangers so are making expensive the, and risky signings over the years. Oh, you're talking about that infield? Yeah, they've made some expensive oh, signings. Oh, I don't think so. But yeah, the Rangers I mean, are ranked at the two hundred and nineteen point eight million dollars. Kind of remind me of the, the Padres. I mean, they will regret the contract with Semyon and Seager, but the year will start with the third digit. Year will start with the third. Yeah, and then cost of doing that, business. I mean, yeah, it is the cost of doing business. I, I just, I, it's probably very unlikely that Seattle is going to sweep the Rangers, come back and win this, and win the next three games. That's pretty much what it's going to take for them to and. Combine that with uh, the D-backs sweeping the Astros because that's what it would take. So very unlikely for them. They're much, like you said, they're more in the, the Marlins or even the Cubs position. I mean, you know, the outside looking in. No, and that's like I said, it's the magic number for the wild card in Houston. Let me do the math. Is I think. Double check tiebreaker. Unfortunately, MLB has a tiebreaker. So Astros do not have the tiebreaker over the Mariners because the Mariners avenged last year's MLBS by going 94 against them. So if we do the math, 163 minus 87 minus 73, that gets you three. I think. Yeah. Let me double check my work. Yeah, it's three. But if Texas were to win, it drops to two. Yeah. So, I mean, th- yeah, the Astros, I think they're really, they're going to be really fighting for this, you know. This they're going to be fighting all the way I, to the game end of the season because they're not going to get, yeah. they're either going to clinch or get eliminated on game 162. That's pretty much, that's exactly what I'm going to say. I mean, uh, Fortunately, this is not the Astros juggernaut of years past. Like we, we discussed this earlier in the season, like this is not, you know, the 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 crazy good Astros teams of previous years. Uh, Verlander is not the same. He's, I think, believe the schedule starter for tomorrow right. or hopefully Saturday. He faces, hopefully he faces uh, bullpen. John, Johnny Johnny Solstaff. Uh, I was. I don't. I don't. I only use the phrase Johnny Holstaff. They need to win. Yeah. Hopefully, it's I. Uh, you know, whoever that's you know arm is fresh and is not going to kill their postseason chances or you know any of that because that would be. Let's give. Let's give like Slate Ryan Nelson. Or Ryan Nelson. Yes. I mean, yes. Hopefully, that game does not matter. We clinch tomorrow. Uh. But that's the thing is is you know the Astros it's gonna, it's gonna be a tough tough series I I'm I'm guessing just uh how do we do earlier this year against the Astros so I don't think they've played each other yet they didn't play each other yet that's no. uh you get one series against American League 
Oh, okay, so, yeah. They haven't played each other this year. They're both in so similar situations. we have no idea. Both in similar situations yeah. where probably one win gets them in. Houston's case, yeah. they're not going to catch up to Toronto because Toronto has the tiebreaker. And it's one-game lead. But, uh, or it's unlikely they'll catch up. It's still mathematically possible. Whereas you look at the Diamondbacks, they could go be in either the five or the six seed with a win. Yeah, I mean, it's that they have much better odds, and it just being in the position, the second wild card spot versus you know, the third or the outside looking in from there. Right? If you're like you know, that it, it, you just need to win. Uh, yeah, I win mean, tomorrow, can... but you could set your playoff rotation. Merrill Kelly starts game one instead of game game one of the wild card series. It's a game one sixty one. Yeah, but if it was I, the I, scenario, want... but in the scenario where Merrill Kelly has to be burned in game 161. Who's your game one start? Uh, well, let's see. Gallon is going tomorrow. Kelly would be yep. going Saturday. I, I would think that that what the playoff would start on Tuesday. No, the playoff starts on Wednesday. On Wednesday. I mean, at that point, you could almost just start that Gallon. Yeah, you'd be if you started Gallon, you'd be on three days rest, so you would have to cut him short in a game you gotta have. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, no. if this is the case where the Diamondbacks blow, if they if they can blow out, you can't do that tomorrow, and he can only go three. If he goes three innings, and they have a huge lead, you pull him. Then I probably, I mean, that's nah. what I would do. If you got a huge if lead not, at that point, just let Gallon finish, because he's because in that situation, you can set Kelly as your game one starter. And Zach Gallon yeah. game two, and you don't run in that situation where, oh, we went through a playoff series without starting both of them. That's why winning yeah, tomorrow I mean, is important. One of the two. I mean, but, obviously, and, if you're not going to start Gallon, you go with Merrill Kelly. He's in our, our, you know, I don't think you want to start Brandon Fott in game one of a, a, play, no. a playoff series. You don't start a rookie starter in a, in a rookie starter that gives series. you a consistent result. Especially against a team like the Phillies potentially that match you know, up really well it, against them. Yeah, matches up really well against Brandon Fott. Let's let's try to avoid Maybe that. Maybe you start Joe Manson. I mean, if you had to, you do bullpen game. I think yeah, I think you got bullpen. I think you have to go bullpen. I mean, that if it was a situation you not- start Actually, I do think it's a situation, no matter what that third spot is, I think you're gonna have to Johnny Holston. Probably. I mean, that's I would, that unless was, like, a, I think, the most likely outcome. Unless we clinch tomorrow, uh, in that case, I, I do think it will be uh, uh, Merrill Kelly. Uh, clinch tomorrow, uh, they would move. Kelly's start gets the Kelly either throws a glorified bullpen and starts game yeah. one. Or that's Kelly throws, the actual bull, it throws in the bullpen instead of pitching in the game and starts game one. Yeah. That's, so, that's I mean, what that's, that's the most out. That's what I think is most likely going to happen is we'll see Merrill Kelly. Uh, assuming we clinch tomorrow, if we don't clinch, we're going to see. I mean, there's a there's an off chance. I mean, if you had to pick one of the rookie starters, who do you? What's the only there? guy that even should be in the conversation for beyond Gallon Kelly? The yeah, four game series would start. Wouldn't he be on yeah. normal rest too? No, he'd be on uh, five days rest if he started game one. But okay. if Fott started, but, if Fott was on pace to start game, actually, Fott wouldn't be able to Fott start yesterday, uh, started on uh, Wednesday. 
So his yeah, next so availability he, would be Monday. Yeah. When there's no so game on Monday. There's no game on Monday. So you think, I mean, that he probably, he would be in the argument as your game one starter if it wasn't for the fact that he's a rookie. But uh, has he, has, do you think he's earned that? I was going to say, if, once they get into the, if they got into the division series, there's no question about in a situation where it's a best of three series, you have two reliable start pitchers. And when I say reliable, I mean reliable 90% of the time. Because no one's reliable more than 90% of the time. Yeah, that's true. And I don't mean that as an insult. That's just yeah. the nature of the beast. You'll get three to four starts where you, you're just a guy. Yeah, Kelly's against the Dodgers. Yeah, that's that seems like they... Uh, you know, if we can get out of the out of the wild card series and into the division series, you're you're gonna have the rotation of Gallon and Kelly and and Fott. Uh, I think bullpen game and one of the two of Gallon and and uh, Kelly is most likely. Uh, if if they, you know, take it to three games, then uh, you know, you'll probably see both. I mean, if it were if it came down to uh, well. And also the thing is the Dimebacks would have to would be in a disadvantage for the division series if they got past the wild card because they would have to either Johnny Holstaff it or start fighting game one. Yeah. But as I said, if they make it to the NLDS, I am less worried about how the season's gonna end. They were just getting in the playoffs is an overachievement and winning a playoff series is just great. Yeah. I right, just to put it in perspective, every single game that they're every single series that they're going to have to play in the postseason potentially there there is a very 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 small likelihood of them facing a team from the american league with a worse record than them in that case they would have home field advantage in the world series uh but at that point i think you're just splitting hairs okay if you're like oh well you know are they are the diamondbacks gonna have home field advantage in the world series the fact that you got there the all you know, the whole way without having home field advantage at all. Um, yeah. It's overachievement, 100%. So, yeah, get no, past I'm, happy, one I'm, happy series, just, I'm happy just getting to the postseason at this point. Like, if you get one, if, if, if you can win a, a playoff series, which you play all, all of them on the road, you can win a playoff series where you, or half the games are at home. Yeah. Or if it's a game seven. That's, that's I mean, if it's a five-game series, more than half. Seven games. That's the thing. So, it's an uphill battle. I don't. I wouldn't expect to, to expect the Diamondbacks to go past the wild card series. I think is almost like a, you're you're asking for too much. I mean, I yeah, money if they get sure, it. sure. If you believe that that they're going to win the World Series, put a bet on them now. I mean, just make put all the money in the world. You know, you put a bet on the World Series if they get in because the odds are going to be so high that you can hedge your bets and not lose money. Yeah. So, um, I it's going to be an exciting weekend. I we haven't had uh, playoff baseball in what feels like forever, like an eternity. Even even like at like when we actually last made you know the playoffs, it's been far too long. I was going to also ask. Uh, they win tomorrow, make it easy, or do they lose tomorrow, make it hard, and and they don't get the help they need, and it's the hard one. 
as we know with this team, it's always the hard way. That's the, what yeah, I, the math, the, the, the Arizona masochist part of me says, no, please lose tomorrow and maybe even Saturday. So we have to have that scenario that Brent Strom was talking about because that would just make me feel wonderful. That's what Don't I let want. it happen, no, Goldie. I, yes. Not do that. Let's uh, win tomorrow and save and Paul a whole Goldschmidt hits a walk of, off like, Homer against the Reds would be nice too. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, you know, and then it'll be so fun that uh, Joey Waymer does it too. Yeah, I really, I really don't want to be stressing about the the Diamondbacks uh, postseason odds past tomorrow. Um, no one be thinking about clinching scenarios tomorrow because they're. It might t- it might be Saturday. I think Saturday actually is probably more more realistic. Honestly, I don't know if they're gonna clinch tomorrow. Um, I feel as this if it happens Saturday, it's because it's Mark. Yeah, well, you're gonna be there, and if they lose, everyone. Saturday now. I haven't guaranteed my. Uh, attendance I went to a game this year and they won, so clearly I'm not the problem. Well, they have a four game winning streak. By games that yeah. I've covered. Yeah, actually, no, they're and doing pretty good. You were there tomorrow. too, so. Well, going to you were there too. And Sunday. Time is meaningless. Especially with the internet and video recordings and the fact that uh, people can talk from the other side of the planet and at what point is like now. And then uh, it seems like every important it's, isn't it also, I don't think it's a coincidence that the D-backs probably anticipated this game to be an important for a playoff clinching no. scenario because that gallons they went out of their way to start getting gallon too. Yeah, one yeah, were... last bit of Zach Zach magic. I you when... know I would like to see Zach finish the the season strong. I think he uh I mean this is not honestly I think for him not winning the Cy Young will be a disappointing season for him. Yeah. Does it you think that's going to get fewer Cy Young votes this year than last year? Yeah, and I think that if I'm Zach, I need to have a really strong finish um, and then bring bring my team to the playoffs and then, you know, give yourself the consolation prize of, like, going far in the playoffs. That's that's what he's got to do. So, I'm pretty I, sure I Dan would trade a Cy Young Award for World oh, Series yeah. MVP. 100% he would. I know he would. Uh, but, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm sure – Going into today's game, he's going to be thinking, uh, this is not, it's a subpar season. By Zach Gallon standards, it's subpar. Yeah, the URA starts with that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, looking at that uh, Seattle Rangers game, it is still 2 1 in the eighth inning and still rained out in City Field. If you're wondering, at the time of this yeah. recording, of course, at the time you watch it, you'll know what happened. Or maybe not. Maybe MLB will suspend play and we'll figure out Monday or something. Dumb. The or they'll just, give it to the, they'll just give it to the Mets because that's what the rule says to do. There will be a, there will be 50 people upset in Miami. Yeah, oh, my God. All, all, I was going to say all 12 people in Miami nah, that I'm actually watched the, the Marlins. Oh, the Met, the Mets fans will be upset, but winter Mets fans are not upset. So, 
Um, so as Wes mentioned that earlier, and we mentioned earlier, uh, at the top of the stream, the Diamondbacks Double A affiliate, the Emerald Assad Poodles, last night won their second ever Texas League championship, first as a Diamondbacks affiliate. Well, uh, went taking two of three against San Antonio in the first round, and then taking two of three against the Arkansas Travelers in the uh, championship series with a nine-one blowout, doing the job. And of course, a lot of those yeah. players on that roster are going to be guys we're going to be hearing about in the next 12 calendar months. But uh, how important is it for them to win a, t- uh, win a title in the minor leagues, in your opinion? In your opinion? Well, I mean, we, we've talked about it in the past, is that like just having the culture of like winning, like knowing, like, you know, being in, in the hunt for the playoffs, being, you know, having the daily grind, like having your games actually matter makes a difference in a, in a player's development. If you're playing for an awful farm system where you lose all the time and then you're going to go to the major league team that loses, guess what? Your team's not going to be good it's because these players, they get, I mean, yes, there, there are guys who can overcome it and really turn around a team, but at that point, like you almost see, like you, you need to do like ground up change in team culture. So it's like having that aspect of it where like they, they've already experienced the playoff hunt. They've already experienced the championship. Like they, they, they know what it, it feels like to succeed as a team, what it takes. It's, it's not something that they learn on the job at the major league level. So, you look at so some of the players in the roster that have won a minor league championship, you got Alec Thomas and Rolo Perdomo who won a California league title with Vesalia in 2019. And then you got a bunch of guys that won a PCL title last year. Fott. In fact, Fott started the game. Got the W for the Pacific Coast, the PCL championship last year. Well, Fletcher's not playing in the game this year. Corbin Carroll was on that team. We also had uh, Ryan Nelson and Dre Jamison were on that team for much of the year. Even though they didn't pitch in that series. Pretty much most any of the minor leaguers on the current team <laughs> played the PCL team last year, you know. So, I, I, I wonder what they would say. How much of it, you know, uh, that would say the success that they've had this year, if at all. I'll forward the question over to Jack to what I think he's got to ask him once they finally clinch. Because if they clinch tomorrow, there's two games. Yeah, that's the high. Not high on my list of questions that I need answered right now, but I know I do wonder if if they feel that it's important. Um, I think it's good to see like a guy like Melendez. Um, well, did Melendez he, didn't play did last get, three weeks. Oh, did he get promoted to, to Reno? Didn't he? No injury. He had a minor injury. Short circuit. Oh, okay. For some reason, all I know is Camden Duzanak. Yeah, that guy was me postseason run i mean he hit a grand slam that put game one put the in the championship game to basically win. yeah i mean player player of the game right there other than that i'm not sure like and then also they had and then also de los santos in those six playoff games had an ops of 1 1 20 11 20 yeah christian robinson 12 17 of course robinson enjoys hitting home runs up there yeah he's played like 11 games and his six homers amarillo Oh yeah, he love. I'm sure he loves playing in Amarillo. That's got to be uh, kind of great to go back, go back to a good hitting environment after playing in Lake Hillsboro. Um, yeah, no, I mean that's a player. Like it's good to see like Christian Robinson to be 
Uh, I'm sure that feels good for him to win a championship. You yeah. Know, after, after all what's went, happened went the last. Through, yeah. yeah, that's that's got to be really good for him. Um, I mean, I think it's important for for someone like him, especially, like to to. I, I mean, if you've been through all, all like the struggles and you know speed bumps that you've experienced as a minor leaguer, to experience some success can really help your confidence. And like ninety percent of, you know, the game is just having the confidence in your own skills. Yeah, that's why you see guys like Corbin Carroll just all just the ground running. Most players yeah. need to succeed first before they get confident. I Corbin's uh this like oozes confidence. Like the more I see him, like he is just one of the most confident dudes I've ever seen come up. Carol's finishing the season very strong. Crazy fast. I think that mirrors worth mentioning is uh you know, uh, this Corbin, Corbin Carroll's county stats are getting uh, very nice now. Uh, I mean, he's already done you know, something it, that hasn't been done before. With the yeah. County. I mean, any of need to be an argument for an MVP. If we didn't have a guy like Acuna or Matt Olson or... I mean, if Carroll played good defense, he'd be in the MVP. Yeah. If Carroll's defense was was great, as good as bad, we'd be talking about him in the MVP talk, too. Yeah. Although it'd be tough, I'm sure, given... I'm sure he's going to work on that. That's going to be his main... Uh, you know, the main thing he works off works on during the offseason is probably his defense because that is probably his biggest uh, biggest hole in his game right now. But, you know, third way, he's on uh, 20, 25 home runs, 52 stolen bases, 10 triples, 29 doubles. Oh, yeah, here's the fun thing. If you break down Corbin Carroll's OPS by month, every month he has an OPS above eight, of 800 or better. So that's consistent. Yeah. That's being consistently awesome. Think about it. He's not had an on-base percentage worse than 337. Lowest slugging percentage in a month, 441. That's just making the extension look even better every single game. Some players, you give them money and they just like, okay, that's one less thing I have to worry about. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think that's probably like one of the best best contract i mean this season from corbin has pretty much proven that uh that's one of the best contracts that uh you're gonna you're gonna be able to to you know accomplish the fact that he's not he's gonna hit all those performance incentives i know like the rookie of the year he's gonna uh, i would be surprised if he doesn't earn every the only way he doesn't earn every penny in that contract is if he gets hurt yeah he'd have to be like out nothing performance related in my opinion like he's hit by a car and his leg is crushed and he can needs an <laughs> leg amputated like that kind of horrific like there's no way Corbin Carroll is gonna not make like make I mean there's very little very little circumstances where he's not gonna earn that contract and like hit every performance uh, uh, incentive like I think he's already he's already hit a couple just this year I, I know like uh he's I think he's hit the stolen base incentives. He's hit the home run incentives. If he wins rookie of the year, there's a, I know he gets uh, bonuses from that. So. I mean, he's going to win rookie of the, he's going to get bonuses and that's not, has anything to do with the contract. Oh yeah. No, you get a rookie, you get a rookie of the year bonus too. I mean, he's basically, he's going to win all the first place votes. Yeah. The the race ended a month ago. when McLean. Yeah. 
yeah, it's sad. That's I really I think that's that's when Cincinnati season died. But even if McLean had stayed healthy, I don't think he would have been. They've had a lot of low running, low scoring games since McLean uh, won the DL, and he looked kind of like he was injured when we saw him. Definitely had. I think he had that one game. Well, he definitely did get injured. Didn't play. I think he was injured in Arizona, but like he really, uh, you know, that that I think Cincinnati would be in a much better position if they didn't lose Matt McLean earlier in the year. Earlier in the year, I think we'd be actually sweating this out too. Yeah, they're just like, okay, one more win. That's all we need. Yeah, I would worry right. about Cincinnati if they were fully healthy. Uh, that's gonna be a team that's gonna be scary to face in the future. And I'm not. And Ellie De La Cruz is probably like their seventh best player, even though he's their most talked about. That, remember when we were people were talking about him being rookie of the year? That, how that worked? I laughed people? at I laughed at it then, and I'm laughing at it now. <laughs> And uh, we have more credibility, I think, is the merits worth mentioning that our preseason predictions are much closer than most of the major publications out I mean, there. I, told, I, I said it on Twitter if Corbin Carroll could get the five wins above replacement on baseball references at five times. Yeah. He's like, I mean, if he gets to that war total, it's over. The race is over. Of course, he's already exceeded it. Yeah. It's over. Reason. So, I mean, I, I very, I mean, I think we've, predicted the rookie of the year winner very likely at this point uh both of us were within two maybe two three wins of our of what the you know let's say at least what we wrote on snake put. yeah at least what i wrote on snake put i know what you you put on your you put out there on the By record the way. i have 87 wins i don't know i might have put did i stick with that for us i think i put 87 wins too by the way jordan video, walker so. is still under Baseball. What? Jordan Walker is still sub replacement. <laughs> so there's another one where you know that's who we thought we'd give Carol the most run for his money. <clears throat> that's kind of funny. Uh Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, Gunnar Henderson cruised to the AL. He's been he's been too. he's been the equivalent of you could take either Corbin or Gunner uh to build a team around if you if you feel more comfortable building around outfielder you pick corbin if you feel more comfortable building around infielder you pick gunner but they're both uh this is a remarkable rookie of the year class though regardless i mean your two winners are two guys that everyone expected to and still exceed expectations of their rookie year yeah i don't i don't see how corbin they'll always have better, expected they'll always have better counting stats but henderson's the better defender yeah, he can legitimately play shortstop. I he probably he won't a... stick at shortstop, but that's not because of hit what he does. I know he has like a Henry... pretty significant war lead over over Carroll too. I think it's like defense. one. Ball defense. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's I mean, Henderson two, can legitimately play shortstop. The only reason yeah. he will not be a shortstop long term is Jackson Holiday, who is the Very best much. prospect in baseball. Unless they but want I mean, to like, move Holiday to second base, which isn't stupid either, which isn't a dumb idea either. But, you know, my point here is that is all the – the fact that we're right, okay, and I may actually be right about the actual and all total. The, I don't know, you might – And all the – That's the reason uh, to like, subscribe, comment, uh, and follow us on uh, all the social medias because uh, we're right and we know more than ESPN. At least about the also, they had this in January when they did the uh, when they pulled 
the executives in rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson were overwhelming favorites to win yeah. rookie of the year in their respective leagues. I think Carroll was six and six and Henderson was like high four. If there's one thing I know, it's that like the okay, people like inside Acuna the game junior, what Acuna Jr. is talking like what he's done this year, which is unprecedented, the power speed combo that he has, okay, is exactly what scouts and executives were saying when he came up as a rookie like this is the guy he would be and i i don't think carol will have quite that level of home run pop but that's kind of the player i expect him to become and if we could end up with a ronald Cunha jr and corbin carroll he's not he doesn't have the physical profile of 40 home runs but he still might be 30. he probably i think i think that uh corbin's a much more efficient i'm where he'd make up for it in speed Versus the power well, and I mean, definitely Car- what, I mean, he's what, a better base runner. He's a better base runner. Two percent stolen base rate. And yeah, Carroll's yeah. like putting up serious value with the ba- base running. Okay, ninety one percent. Fifty two of fifty seven. If you look at Carroll's uh base running runs on baseball reference, and you can just look it up by searching Corbin Carroll on Google and on baseball reference. Carroll's base running value is eleven runs above average. That's yeah. a number that hasn't been hit since uh, we'll do a stat head search. Well, we know Ricky probably did that at some point. Like one of his better. Well, teams. every speed thing Ricky did that. Well, Ricky wasn't the most like uh, efficient base runner. Let's, well, let's put it that way. He, was okay. He, the early part of it, he went a lot. He was just on the edge of being uh, caught enough where it was almost detrimental, but the volume of his steals, I think, made up for it. But, uh, you know, uh, I think Corbin could, you know, you hear the kind of talk when you talk about a player. Corbin got that level of press before, you know, the season started, and that's really we're we're seeing the, you know, see it kind of bear out this season. Like, he's pretty much who we thought that he would be hopefully some of the other players we've talked about can become who we who we think they're going to be by the way if you want to compare the last time someone got 11 base running runs on baseball reference 2015 billy hamilton yeah i that that's that that makes sense if only he yeah. could get on base like corbin does last player to get 12 was willie Tavares, who stole 68 bases in 2008 with the rockets Willie Tavares, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. And then Ichiro's on there too. Is Ichiro's on the list too? Yeah, Ichiro is very, he's very proficient. I, I don't think. I mean, there's it's a very nitpicking between. You know, at that point, he's going to put up like I, he's going to be an eight WAR player at some point in his career, if not more. Uh, well, uh he's going to the, the glove's going to have to come through for him. That's yeah. the area that he's got to improve, and he's never. Or he's got to have like a that. 160 OPS plus. Yeah, his I don't think a 160 better. OPS his bat plus. Out, his bat has out how performed what I expected. Actually, I, I I think he's had more. I think we were thinking more 15, 20 home run power than 2025. Also, think that uh, they need to stick Carroll at left field if you want him to accumulate defense. Yeah, leave leave him in. I mean, I don't mind shifting right. him around a little bit to to the appropriate left or right depending on the ballpark uh they definitely need to play to his strengths of having not the not the strongest arm let's be let's be real 
His arm is bad enough it could hurt, cost him gold. I think that maybe one part of his defensive shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And with unfortunately, Dimex have two guys with poor arms in the NFL between him and McCarthy. Yeah, they're gonna, they're going to give up. Their arm is going to take away. You need K Rob or Drew Jones to come up here with their cannons. And uh, yeah, you got that problem. Well, if Christian Robinson pans solved. out, I think the Diamondbacks might be competing for the division. Uh, yeah, this is, you know, I think things go the right way based on this season. And this is probably the last episode of, uh, of the regular season of the podcast. Now we still got one more. We got to do the aftermath, which we'll be doing. We're we'll do the Monday. aftermath, but. Stuff left up in the air, but I think, like, you know, overall, I'm pretty satisfied with the season. And uh, if you, we can see the kind of prospect development, like we've seen, you know, like if see Corbin progress further and let's see, you know, Jordan Lawler can actually get a ball out of the, out of the infield. Oh, he did. Um, okay. Yes, see progress. Uh, I mean, that's the thing is if we just can keep seeing the growth and like some of these guys, like if K Rob can make it to the, major leagues and even like sniff a little bit of his potential drew jones comes back and flies through the system because i mean it's obviously he's not going to be up for refusing but 2025 26 you mean next year i think we have a much better team uh much better chances like i think we'll have less concern about uh our wild card standings next year Yeah, because this team will have already gone through the process yeah making a playoff run and then experiencing hopefully and we say hopefully, we say hopefully with cautious optimism because we feel pretty good about their chances of having it. Yeah. Experience a postseason for the first time in their career stretch, except for Catella and Christian. Yeah. They were here the last time. Postseason. Those are the only two. Sorry, Nick. Uh, so that's basically, so you want these guys to experience what it's like so they know, okay, this is what we got to do to get in. This is what we got to do to be successful once we get in. Know what I mean? Yeah. And if they yeah, actually no, has some postseason success, that's even better. You feel even more confident. I think, yeah. No. I mean, if they, I mean, even if they get swept in the in the postseason, like that's really pretty much my expectation is they they have a quick exit. Uh, that was that's actually was my real prediction is they'd make the wild make a wild card, uh, get swept in the first round, uh, maybe advance to the you know the second and then get swept would be my expectations. Um. You like then you kind of know what your weaknesses of the team are too. It's like okay, yeah. well if the the starting rotation is the the issue, or the bullpen's the issue, uh, or the offense is, I mean you can figure out what the issue really is in the postseason because I mean they're not the same thing. Plus you I, hope that. Plus you also hope that postseason it makes Ken Kendrick more generous with pay, payroll. Like, okay, we got something. Going. Yeah. Maybe I'll put my maybe I'll put my money money where my mouth is and we'll go i'll get him we'll we get the additions necessary to make no blank check <laughs> we'll sign a tawny to dh and eventually a pitcher for 2025 and then the diamondbacks uh, you need someone who can pitch in 23 you need someone who can pitch in yeah I know. now if you want to tawny you can do you need someone who can help and help in that situation yes you can always improve the line you need pitching honestly you spend your free agent money on pitching when a tawny is done uh with his career he will be worth more than ken kendrick Actually, 100% serious. When he's done with his career, he will be worth more than Ken Kendrick. Well, 
I certainly hope he's got that. his mom. He's got his mom <laughs> investing his money. Like, what do you think? Like, Otani goes off and he's gonna like spend it all on drugs. He needs to be wild no, and crazy. No, he gives his the mom end of Otani's career, money for baseball. When he's not playing talking, baseball, do you know what he does? He plays talking, baseball. That's all he say, does. Are we talking about the end of his pitching career, or are we talking about the end of his yeah, career career? The end of his career. I was gonna say, by the time Otani stops pitching, Kendrick's not owning the team. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Um. But no, I know uh, uh, Kendrick does not have the money to sign Otani. That's really my point with that, is that by the time he's done, he will be worth billions of dollars uh, if his money was invested wisely. Like, there's no there's no reason. I mean, he, I know he has endorsement deals in Japan already that are like, you know, he's probably worth more than the average player with equivalent service time already. So, one final question. Based on the parameters that Mike Hazen outlined, Season, being one aggressive buyers in the trade deadline, two playing meaningful games at the end of the season. Would you view, based off those parameters, the season to be an overall success for the team? I mean, yeah, certainly by by Mike's you know standard, yeah, he he set out the goals that he uh, wanted to accomplish this season, and they've done it. Um, I mean. You, the only thing that they can really ask for more at this point is to go to the World Series or and or win it, which is asking for a lot for any team, let alone the Diamondbacks. So yeah, no, I the season's hundred percent a success. There are some areas that, uh, are unsurprisingly they need to work on still. Uh, <laughs> I think anyone who's covered this team knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say like we unsurprisingly need to work on those areas. Yes, they were somewhat addressed. I, I don't think he was aggressive enough at the deadline, but that wasn't really him. It was more the deadline and not, you know, having so many teams kind of uh, in it. And I mean, so they're still in it. The fact that we're talking about, like, it's, it's the wild card still not settled. The postseason is still yeah, not settled. Four teams the, the, AL West, the AL West is still not settled. That says to me that uh, baseball set out its goal of having much more competitive seasons first of all uh, i know viewership's back up over last season and it's actually almost back to pre pre-pandemic levels uh you're seeing stolen bases are up offense is up um i i would i'm sure rob manfred considers this season a success uh i know mike hazen considers it a success with imax so do you think and here's the million dollar question do you think hazen signs an extension after the season oh yeah there's no, there's no reason for him not to, unless, uh, I mean, there are some job openings. Uh, this, this, they're usually, I mean, sometimes the, the GM jobs are kind of hard to come by. So, uh, why would you leave one GM job for another? I, like, yeah, why would you leave one for the other? I think, I think Mike's in a good position where he, he can stay. Um, I mean, would you extend him? Would you offer him an extension? I would have extended him yesterday. Yeah, I mean that's okay. So we're on the same page, or I would too. Um, I mean that's the thing is like I would like to see the stability of of him being allowed to execute his long term plan for the the franchise because he's got a good foundation right now. Long term plan uh, really started this year. Yeah, I mean that's this is finally we're at the point of like okay, hey, we draft, we develop, we we scout. We coach, we bring them up, you know, uh, cultivate success throughout the minor leagues, get them to the major league level, and then hopefully that will all pay dividends. And so far, it's just now doing it. So, like, to, people were talking about 
acquiring Mike Hazen before the end of the trade, like during July when it was bad. And it's like, hey, uh, you know, I think your your prognostication of the Dynamax demise was a little uh, hasty because I'd sign the man to extension. I think he I think he needs I think the franchise needs a stability of letting him at least finish out the decade, basically, next five years. This is what I would do. 2025 through at minimum through the 2026 because that's when you have like all to... your top prospects currently in the system coming out yeah that's, that's i mean i would i mean i be up there i know he's 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 uh he's got one more season correct yeah he has 24 plus a team option but realistically i think you push him all the way to 26 maybe you put an option for 27 that's and see yeah, what this team looks like with Carol with Carol Troy, Jones, Lawler, etc. Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, the young you, core will all you, be there. If you have, uh, you know, yeah, if you're looking at it, uh, Reyna. Corbin Carroll will be four years in. Uh, uh, Moreno will be in his fourth year, fifth year, actually. Like, some of these will be like pending free agents being out pretty soon. Uh, at that point, I mean, I not free for 20... 28. These yeah, guys I, been say, I would sign. I would be signing them through 2027, like signing him. Like you want, I would get like, like buy out that option year, put three more years on it. He's basically the, 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 the youngest guy we drafted. Um, like we're talking about like the 18 year olds in the, in the farm system should all be at the cusp of being ready. And even on a, even on a conservative timeline, like pretty much every single prospect we've talked about over the last year should be ready by 2027. 2020 yeah, later. Drew Jones will be the only one who isn't ready by 2025. Yeah, that's because he lost. That, yeah, that's that's pretty much. I mean, you got to see. I mean, we've never really had that that much of like long term stability outside of the initial Joe Junior years. Uh, I mean, like they pretty much. I think this is. I mean, the, the Joe the Junior years one. is basically the they signed every good free free agent they could find, and then yeah, it was the throw, team would stay healthy enough. It was the Steve Cohen or, you know. Jerry Colangelo. Jerry Colangelo kind of style, just throw money at the problem. There's that guy, you know, you can't only do that for so long. I mean, how often does a Randy Johnson hit the free agency? A peak RJ hits free agency. I No this, contract is considered a note for pay. That's the best free agent contract signing ever of like at least last 20 years is in terms of value Not with Randy Johnson. People don't understand this is that you don't normally just like Randy. A lot of people thought he was done. He was done. He was going nuts in Houston. You don't assume that a. I mean, no. You think about him like at the, by the time he'd be done with that contract, okay? He was. He's older than me. He's thirty-seven. He's, yeah, I think he signed he's another done. contract extension with Rebound. That one wasn't so great. The first contract they signed him to was absolutely a steal. Four yeah, years, Randy. Randy four Young. Yeah, Randy's first contract section was one of the best contracts ever. You can't view that as a GM. What Mike Hazen's doing now is pretty much what you got to do is build organizational success from the ground up. And like, okay, so the Diamondbacks get ejected the first round of the playoffs. You know, give them a chance to build on it. Yep. Not Nobody That's wins the World the Series in their first playoff. 
Well, unless you're unless you're Bob Brenly. <laughs> well, the D-backs have made the postseason two years before. Yeah, that same team. So that doesn't. Wait, no, wait, was it? Uh, that was a postseason. That was a team that already had. Didn't had already Epstein been. do Epstein do that like twice? Yeah, Epstein. The Red yeah, Sox like... won the World Series after they went to an NLCS. <laughs> yeah, the really NLCS count, the no. previous year. That doesn't yeah, count. Doesn't really count. Doesn't count. Okay, I'm throwing you out. You got to get into the postseason count. and. Got to yeah. get into the postseason. Now, That's the Phillies almost did that last year. Any GM who took over Mike Hazen if he was hired would look brilliant. Unless you trade away all these guys for, for beans. Uh, or you Dombrowski end up with a farm system. Yeah, if you Dombrowski the farm system and then you, you make you know, dumb moves, yeah, you can screw up a, a major league roster. But this team has like, got such a good foundation right now. Like, I'm I mean, like just like kind of wrap wrap it all up in terms of like what we've been saying. This this is really a success for a season of a season, regardless of what happens. You know, the rest of the regular season and the postseason. So thanks everyone for watching. If you made it all the way to the end, thank you. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a like, and comment down below how you feel about the Diamondbacks' long term future. We're talking twenty twenty three through twenty twenty four postseason opportunities you think this team will have and make sure to share it with, make sure that also share it with your friends and all the other fun stuff that goes into a YouTube channel. any last words before we take off oh thanks for watching and uh leave a leave a comment if you think uh, you let us know if you would sign uh, Mike Hazen to an extension, and when you think the team will punch.